Hello everyone. I'm excited to welcome you to Live Healthy Naturally, where we flip the dialogue about health and wellness in terms of what your body can do on its own and your ability to heal from many so-called lifelong diseases. I'm your host, Dr. Samir Shridharan. I'm a naturopathic doctor practicing out of Dallas, Texas. And I'm also the founder of Hygia Homeopathy and Hygia Holistic Retreat. Are you ready to hear the stories of healing and the many journeys of people healing from autism, autoimmune conditions, and many more? Then, listen on. Okay, yeah. so we talked about toothpaste. So let me ask you one more question. What are the common myths about taking care of your oral health? Well, the first one we've kind of already, I spilled the beans a little early on. The first one is that you need toothpaste because uh-huh. you don't necessarily need toothpaste. So if you don't need toothpaste, what is the scrubbing agent? Like how does it work? Really, the toothbrush bristles wow. are doing the bulk of the work for you. Okay. So that's why why we tell kids a lot of time, or parents of really small kids and toddlers, you can just get a toothbrush with some water on it mm. and use that on your children's teeth. And that is typically just fine. Okay. And how do you feel about activated charcoal as toothpaste, as well as, our, you know, as a tooth powder, if you will, or baking soda? for tooth mm-hmm. powder as well as hydrogen peroxide for you know using as well because a lot of natural community people do those kinds of things and I want to hear your opinion on that yeah I don't mind them for the most part mm-hmm. uh, I know my grandparents used to use baking soda and that was their only toothpaste mm. for a period of time mm-hmm. they just dipped a, to- a wet toothbrush in some baking soda and used it the only bad thing about some of them is the particle size. Yes. And typically in baking soda, it's going to be a little too coarse mm-hmm. and is going to be more abrasive than we want it to be and will wear away the enamel a little bit. Yeah. So I usually say if you really like baking soda and like the taste of baking soda, which I do, I kind of like that taste. Okay. Then it's better for you if you dissolve it in some water and ah. or use it like as a mouthwash okay. that way and rinse with it because then you're raising the pH of the saliva. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of benefits. Right. I just don't like for it to be used as a scrub every day. Yeah. Now with bentonite clay and activated charcoal, those tend to be finer mm-hmm. of a grit. And so I don't mind those as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really, like, I would kind of want to see the patient's enamel first. Ah. So on most patients, I would say it's probably fine to do several times a week. A lot of times on kids in that preteen age range, mm-hmm. their teeth tend to get a little dingy, mm-hmm. especially when they're They've got a combination of permanent teeth and baby teeth mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they miss the ones in the front and things start to look kind of funky in mm-hmm. there. And so I'll usually tell moms, you know, they're, they're really too little to talk about whitening their teeth, but once or twice a week, mm-hmm. get in there with some activated charcoal brush with it. It does a nice job and their teeth are white and beautiful, just like they're supposed to be. Oh, that's awesome. That's such a nice tip. And how do you feel about hydrogen peroxide? Peroxide as a rinse, I love it. Mm-hmm. So it's got such, it. such an inexpensive really rinse, right? That will be as effective. 
Absolutely. Now I don't, it's not as enjoyable <laughs> yes. as some other rinses. Yes. If you've ever rinsed with, with normal 3% hydrogen peroxide, mm -hmm. it foams, but then it keeps foaming mm -hmm. for like a good five minutes or more <laughs> after you spit it out. So it's not the most enjoyable experience. Uh -huh. It's not that it tastes bad. It just doesn't taste all that good. Yeah. But you can get, there are some over-the-counter, especially in the health food store, there are some mouthwashes that have hydrogen peroxide as an ingredient, mm -hmm. or you can dilute hydrogen peroxide yourself. Just mm -hmm. make sure it's food-grade mm -hmm. peroxide mm -hmm. and not just the stuff in the yucky brown bottle. Right. And you can do it yourself, and it's very tolerable mm -hmm. that way, I would say. Okay. But yeah, clinically speaking, I love, love, love peroxide. We use it in several different ways. It's effective at killing the most insidious mm -hmm. gum disease causing bacteria. Mm -hmm. So I really love it clinically speaking. Awesome. I love it. So how about brushes, toothbrushes? Is there a specific kind of toothbrush that people need to use or is there something that they need to know about toothbrushes that before they purchase them for the best oral health? I love this question. I get it every day, mm -hmm. obviously. I don't, you might not love the answer because I still, I have yet to find a natural product that compares with a Sonicare toothbrush. Mm. It's a big brand. It's a big, huge company. I don't want to love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How about Burst? I, what do you think about Burst? I haven't found anything better. And so what I tell patients is if you're going to use a manual toothbrush, mm -hmm. if you're going to use an old school manual toothbrush, which is fine, mm -hmm. you can do a perfectly fine job with one, then I would say, yes, look for bristles that are more natural. Mm -hmm. If you can find silver impregnated bristles, that's really lovely. If you can find uh, natural bristles that have a bit of a taper, mm -hmm. a tapered bristle is mm -hmm. very nice and soothing to the gum tissue. That's lovely. And then obviously, if you can find something with a bamboo handle mm -hmm. or something that's sustainable, mm -hmm. then that's great for the environment. And I love that. Mm -hmm. As far as function and the results that I see, mm -hmm. if you have trouble with plaque buildup at all, mm -hmm. then as far as the effectiveness of your toothbrush, you tend to get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. So a ten or fifteen dollar spin brush usually does a better job than a manual toothbrush, mm. and a fifty dollar Oral B usually does a better job than a spin brush, mm. and a hundred dollar Sonicare typically the results that I see does better than anything else. So what do you think about Burst? Because they have those activated charcoal bristles and they have thinner, finer bristles that. Yeah. I really wanted to love it so, so bad. I love the bristles. And I even tried, I I was like, well, maybe they just weren't thinking and they made the attachments where I could put a burst head on my Sonicare. Uh -huh. They didn't. Um, I wanted to love it so bad. Mm -hmm. The packaging is adorable. I'm such a sucker for sleek packaging and they have the sleek packaging but it the doesn't. vibration is not there. The ah. effectiveness is not there. So the effectiveness comes from the vibration of the toothbrush rather than the bristles? Well, it's both, but Sonicare's fine-tuned 
the vibration so much mm-hmm. over so many years that you can you can even like watch it under a microscope. You can mm-hmm. hold a Sonicare toothbrush up against your teeth mm-hmm. and you can see the pulsing, like pushing the water through the teeth into the other side. Wow. wow. Like they really have it down. Wow, that's cool. That's awesome. I mean, as long as we have something out there that can do the job, right? I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. It's not about, yes. oh, you know, we want to support specifically one thing or the other. Whatever is effective is what we want to support and educate. Okay. Right. That's great. How about the TP toothbrushes, like the manual ones? Oh, those are great. My hygienists love those. Yes. And they have all kinds of different sizes Mm -hmm. and different varieties. Mm -hmm. Those are fabulous. So if somebody is going to use a manual toothbrush, would you recommend them to use something like that in order for them to get to different areas of their mouth and also having different habits, even within their brushing, right? Because, you know, you do the same thing all the time. You know, we brush our teeth almost all the time the same way. We don't really think about it. It's just an unconscious process that we do with and so, I mean, I always recommend and advise and encourage my patients to meditate while they are brushing their teeth so that they can pay attention to every single tooth. Right. So I'm like, if you want to meditate, and a lot of people ask me, how do you meditate? I don't know how to meditate. I tell them, you know what? Starting today, you know, when you brush your teeth tonight, you know, focusing on every single tooth and that's your meditation. You know, that's where we start. <laughs> that's so great. I love that. <laughs> So, yes, because of that, the TP toothbrushes, I know they actually have different heads and different sizes. So would Mm -hmm. that be a good idea for people to get and use them at different times so that they kind of become more mindful of the practice of brushing itself? Yeah, absolutely. And anytime you can clean in between the teeth, Mm -hmm. I think is a good thing Mm -hmm. because it's not, it's not all about floss more. Mm. So yeah, I like, so TP's good. We give to our patients a lot of time, these little things by the company called Gum. They're Croxa brushes. Mm. What and are Croxa brushes? They're, they're these super cute, tiny <laughs> little brushes that'll stick in your pocket. Oh. And it almost looks like a little Christmas tree on a wire. And so you can bend it and make it go any direction you want to go. But that's great if you've got spaces in between your teeth or like under a bridge or around some different dental work. Um, this isn't fair, or- Dr. Ingram. I haven't gotten one still. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll send you some. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have Christmas trees in my life. <laughs> right? Yes. Doesn't everybody? Yes, for sure. Wow, that sounds cool. Okay, that's awesome. I love, love all of the things that you're sharing. So using a toothbrush, the right toothbrush, using the right toothpaste, using an oral rinse. And is there anything else that we need to floss? So out of all of these things, if let's say that we have to simplify the dental oral health into certain, you know, steps, how would you, you know, tell people to do that? Well, it depends because I like to meet patients where they are. Mm -hmm. If I tell every patient to brush and floss and rinse, and use these special gadgets and scrape their tongue, it's probably not going to (laughs) happen. But for my very compliant patients, Mm -hmm. I will say, yes, brush, Mm -hmm. clean between your teeth somehow, Mm -hmm. whether that's with floss or a water pick Mm -hmm. or a TP brush Mm -hmm. or a Proxa brush, however Mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. 
And then if you need a little bit of backup, then also use a rinse Mm -hmm. and scrape your tongue. Okay, so those are the four steps that people need to know to keep their oral health healthy. And then I have one other question that we didn't talk about before is gum diseases. You know, that's actually a big deal, especially older population. Not that it's not amongst young, but as we get older, I see a lot of gum issues because we do the thermography as well, regulatory thermography in our practice. And we see the teeth, obviously, and that's the reason why, you know, we send those patients to you because they need your help. But for gum health, what are the things that people can do to prevent gum diseases? Hygiene wise, it's exactly what we've already talked about. It's remove the plaque to some extent. Mm -hmm. It's clean between the teeth. It's clean the tongue. Do a rinse if you can do a rinse, especially, you know, rinses, I think are... I like them more for preventing gum disease than mm-hmm. for preventing cavities. Uh-huh. They can be effective at both, but right. that's really the main thing mm-hmm. is helping to prevent and treat gum disease. But gum disease is interesting because it's so inflammatory mm-hmm. a lot of times, mm-hmm. but it's an inflammation that we don't necessarily feel mm-hmm. until it's too late, right. until it's in a severe state. Mm-hmm. So inflamed gum disease, when it's really painful, Usually that only shows up in our younger people Mm -hmm. and it shows up when they come in for a cleaning and they think that me or my hygienist hurt them when we clean. We're like, no, (laughs) we're not doing anything different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're inflamed. Your gums are sick. It's bleeding. That's how they actually recognize that. Yeah. Bleeding Mm -hmm. and a lot of time and painful in that condition sometimes. So anyway, the, anything that will help calm down inflammation will help prevent gum disease. So again, we go back to its diet first. If you're eating processed foods and fast foods and omega-6 fats that are inflammatory and fake foods and all the things that we in this country, well, and everywhere, all of the Western world tend Mm -hmm. to eat, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be more inflamed. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that inflammation shows up in the mouth. So Mm -hmm. it's talking about diet a lot of times. And it's talking about stress and hormones and all of those things that can contribute. Awesome. You have given a lot to think about. So I have a few more questions. When is it necessary for someone to visit a dentist? I gotcha. You said, when is it necessary? And so my my first thought is it's always necessary. Yes, that's exactly the question, really. (laughs) That it is, I mean, you don't have to wait until you have a problem to go visit a dentist. Please don't. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because most dental things don't hurt right away. Mm -hmm. So if you wait until you're hurting, until you have a problem, then a lot of times my options to fix you are not very fun options. Mm -hmm. So for many people, I would say a majority of people coming twice a year for checkups, to do a cleaning, that's that's kind of your standard go-to. And Mm -hmm. I still like that interval that every six month interval for most people. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are very, very healthy and mm-hmm. very low risk mm-hmm. and take care of things very nicely on their own. Mm-hmm. And so they don't necessarily have to come in 
every six months. Mm. And I'll tell them, you know, you have graduated the school of Dr. Ingram. (laughs) And you can come in only once a year. But what's funny is that those are the people who want to come in more often just because (laughs) they like the feel of clean teeth. So those I've are the people probably anybody also who, want to take uh, care of their teeth better, right? That's the reason why yeah. they want to come and yes. yes. Now, also, what's important to know is that if there is a problem, that if you've got gum disease, seeing you twice a year is not enough. Mm. Like it takes time. Mm. It takes time to heal, and so we go through. Just like you and your patients, when they're sick, mm-hmm. you don't just say, okay, do these things and I'll see you in six months. Right. That doesn't work. Right. Like we need this regular cadence mm-hmm. of let's apply these medications mm-hmm. and then let's see how the body responds mm-hmm. and then let's tweak and let's do these healing modalities and see how the body responds. So there are some more frequent visits in the beginning Mm -hmm. if we've got a patient who has a problem Mm -hmm. that we need to get through and solve. And it's worth solving because there's so many health issues that are linked to gum disease, especially. Yes. Heart disease is one of them, major one Mm -hmm. that we need to talk about. Okay. That's awesome. So what is your opinion on root canals as well as mercury fillings? Well, root canals are a wonderful way to take people out of an emergency situation Mm -hmm. you know if a nerve is inflamed to the point that it's becoming necrotic or it is irreversibly inflamed Mm -hmm. then a root canal can be a way to get you out of pain quickly Mm -hmm. and to save the tooth Mm -hmm. so that's a wonderful thing however Mm -hmm. root canals are For one, they're not always successful. Mm -hmm. And when they do fail, which many of them do, Mm -hmm. when they do fail, they tend to attract some more insidious bacteria Mm -hmm. than they originally did. Mm -hmm. You know, when you do a root canal, you remove the nerve of the tooth that gets you out of pain. Mm -hmm. But you also, in doing that, you're removing the blood supply Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So now there's no blood flow to that area. So Mm -hmm. the body can't naturally take care of that Mm -hmm. and do the healing that it needs to do. It doesn't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So you get like the, the oxygen hating Mm -hmm. creepy crawly Mm -hmm. bacteria Mm -hmm. that are in that area. Mm -hmm. And obviously in the holistic community, you can go down many, many rabbit holes around root canals Mm -hmm. where coincidentally, mm-hmm. some people get a root canal and get sick. Yes. And we see that time and time again. Mm-hmm. And then also coincidentally, mm-hmm. some people remove their root canal treated tooth. Mm-hmm. They remove the tooth. And for whatever reason, that allows some symptoms to resolve. Yes. And so it is it, so common, actually, because obviously, as you said, the insidious creepy crawlies in there are getting into the lymphatic system and making them sick as you know, overall. And actually, when we take that out, and we don't have that anymore, the lymphatic system isn't burdened by these pathogens anymore. Naturally, the body is able to detoxify better from that. It's otherwise a systemic infection that started in the mouth. Right? Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? So that I mean, the science is slowly, it will be very slow to catch up with the holistic community, right? Because the holistic community has been preaching this for many, many years, but we do know that there was a a really 
powerful and interesting study in the journal circulation. It's the Journal of the American Heart Association. Uh And in that study, they took 100 patients, and this was maybe 2015, 2016 Uh that this study came out. Uh They took 100 patients who were having a heart attack. Uh They were in the middle of a heart attack. They needed intervention in a hospital setting. Uh And so the doctors on staff removed the clots that were causing the heart attacks, the clots in the coronary arteries, and looked at those clots under a microscope. Mm -hmm. And it was over 70% of those clots had bacteria that come from root canal infections, Mm -hmm. from tooth-borne infections. There were many of them, a large percentage of them, that had gum disease causing bacteria as well. Mm -hmm. But far more had these root canal Mm -hmm. type of bacteria that were in there, Mm -hmm. endodontic born tooth bacteria. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. And there is also, there has been research that also shows that root canals and the bacteria that are associated with the root canals that have been done, and then they are actually still growing and moving into the lymphatics also causes lymphatic blockage to the same side of the breast, contributing to more breast cancers as well. So they actually found, I think in the study, that 98% of women who had breast cancer also had a root canal on the same side of the jaw. So, uh, sorry, 93%, not 98 but that's still a huge percentage, that's you know? huge. Right. Yeah. And what do you think about mercury fillings? A lot of people have them. And I know you actually do the safe removal of mercury, which is also very important that it needs to be removed that way and it should not be removed in a callous manner because you can actually get the mercury into your system. But what are the ill effects of having mercury fillings? Is that something that people need to take out if they have one? And also another question that a lot of people ask me is, well, I've had it for 20 years. I've had it for 30 years. What does it matter now? You know, like if I've had it for so long, why do I have to take it out now? So what would your answer be for that? Yeah, so it goes back to our discussion again about the terrain and how healthy is the terrain of the patient. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting in that I see it's the same with root canals Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Like I'll see some people who have a mouthful Mm -hmm. of mercury, a mouthful of root canals, Mm -hmm. and they're doing just fine Mm -hmm. and they feel good. Mm -hmm. And so in those patients, I'm I'm not going to push them to do dentistry that they don't mm. want or feel like they need. But in some people, yeah, it can trigger some weird and crazy things. Mm-hmm. That again, the scientific literature hasn't been able to to directly connect them mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. But there are some interesting coincidences mm-hmm. that make you really think. So with the amalgam fillings, in dental school, that's what we're taught to call them. Amalgam Mm -hmm. is because they're an amalgamation. They're a mixture Mm -hmm. of 50% mercury and 50% other metals, you know, silver, tin, zinc, other things. And in the old days, dentists used to mix those with their hands. That's why I think so many people, you know, in the 80s, 90s, and even today Mm -hmm. are like, the mercury is no big deal. Right. We're, you know, at least we're not mixing it with our hands mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So wow. <laughs> is that still accepted by ADA to put mercury fillings in? Yes. Yes. It is. Wow. It is. I think at the urging of the FDA, uh-huh. the FDA has now said that you should use caution in placing them in pregnant women and children. 
Wow. So that's the only that's caution that is. as far as they've gone. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of politics involved and a lot of just old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a great restorative material. It's mm-hmm. easy to use. Mm-hmm. It lasts a long time. Right. Um, and it's really inexpensive. Mm-hmm. So it's a good restorative material that in most people for a long time, it did just fine in. But yeah, again... You might have a 30-year-old female mm-hmm. who gets one, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, she's got these weird neurological problems right. because mercury is a very potent neurotoxin. Right. We know that mercury is a neurotoxin. Yeah. And it's just that in dental school, that. we were taught that it was inert. Yeah. Once yeah, we put it not. in a tooth, we right. were taught that it stays and that now it's chemically different and right. it doesn't go anywhere. Yes. And on top but, of it, though, if we think about the correlation too, right, you know, even though generally they say causation doesn't mean, you know, correlation, I mean, correlation doesn't mean causation, but right. I like to look at these things. Like now we have the most amount of memory care centers than ever. So mm. Alzheimer's, for example, there's a big heavy metal correlation with Alzheimer's and hearing loss is another one, you know, tinnitus is another one that seems to have a correlation with amalgam fillings. Even though for the moment it doesn't seem like it's doing much and dementia, Parkinson's, all of these neurological disorders that have become more and more and more prevalent seems to be associated with the usage of heavy metals, even though it didn't seem to immediately do. Because I think in the conventional world or the Western world, most times it's like you take something and you have to have an immediate allergic reaction for you to have causation correlation. Otherwise, it's not really considered that way at all. But the number of memory care centers nowadays is just mind-boggling to me and how many people in their 70s and 80s are, you know, neurologically not doing well. And these are all people well, who have had these kinds of fillings. Yeah. Well, and dentists used to have far more neurological problems than oh, wow. we do currently. Oh, wow. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> just mix all the mercury by hand and you know, taste it to see it actually tastes perfect before you administer. Right? You taste it to see if it looks right. Like when I was looking around and you know, looking at the possibility of buying a practice, there was one practice that I looked at where he had carpet in the treatment rooms. Ah. And he was a, like an old school amalgam filling using, mixing by hand kind of dentist. Uh-huh. So, can you imagine wow. the mercury that would be embedded in that carpet? Okay. Like you can't clean that. Yeah. Wow. That's it. <laughs> so wow. Yeah. There was some crazy stuff going on. Thankfully, even the ADA, even the dental schools do at least recommend better mercury hygiene than they previously did. Okay. So it's disposed in a certain way. Dental offices are now required to have amalgam separators so that it doesn't go into the wastewater like it used to. That was actually a very recent thing, just within the last five years that that was required. So it is better. Mm -hmm. And because of better mercury hygiene practices in dental offices, we now only have slightly worse neurological problems than the general population (laughs) oh my god that shouldn't be funny but it's crazy it shouldn't be funny but it is funny oh my gosh it's so crazy that when it's so beyond 
our scope of comprehension, you just have to laugh because it just doesn't make any sense. It's mind boggling that, you know, we do this to ourselves. You know, we are the only population or the only species that does these kinds of things. I, think. I know. We don't <laughs> learn very easily. <laughs> okay. So, and you obviously don't use Correct. amalgams Correct. and you also remove them in a safe manner, which is also very important in order for it to not get into the tissues and so on and so forth. Right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, we use one of the organizations that I'm a part of. It's the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. They developed a protocol for that very purpose to make sure that the patient is protected as much as possible, to make sure that dentists and especially dental assistants mm. are protected as much as possible from mercury vapors that are released when amalgam fillings are removed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, wow, that's wonderful. I'm glad that there are some practices in place. So yeah. the last thing, you know, before I let you go, and I, you know, I have to really, really thank you for being so patient and answering all of these questions that I have had, you know, so that we can educate our listeners. This is fun. We're going for another hour, right? <laughs> See, I love that. I love your enthusiasm <laughs> that you're ready to go for another hour. But I won't take that it. much more of your time. So the last question is, is there anything that you would like for everyone to know about their own oral health? What is it that they should or shouldn't do that can help them have better oral health? I would just encourage people to have a guide. Mm. You can do, your body was meant to heal. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Mm -hmm. You're designed to flourish. Your body was designed to flourish and to heal, but have a guide. What I see, especially serving the holistic community, which I feel so, so grateful to serve. Mm -hmm. They're some of the most educated patients on the planet. Uh -huh. They take accountability for their own health, mm -hmm. which I love, mm -hmm. but Sometimes it's hard for us to, as patients to trust. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, I would encourage whether you're holistically minded or you're just starting to dip your toe in, mm -hmm. find someone that you trust to be your guide through a process, through the process of, of healing, because it can happen. You can do it. Mm -hmm. Your mouth can heal. You can get better but you don't have to do it alone. And it's really hard to do it on your own. Yeah, I agree 100%. I do. I think in all of us need those guides. It's not like just patients. We do. all do. All of us do. We all need guides for so many different things. And uh, yeah. especially on the chronic disease spectrum of it, it is. it can be extremely, not only challenging, but also very lonely to do it and not really knowing which direction to go and confusing. So... I love that. Awesome. Is there anything else that you want to share that I haven't covered to help our listeners? I would just share my gratitude for you. You know, you speak about sometimes healing and going through a healing journey can be a lonely process. Mm -hmm. Well, you have, I, I looked through your podcast episodes and listened to many of them. You have story after story after story of different healing journeys. Mm -hmm. So I just thank you so much for having a platform where you give people the 
space to to heal, but to do it with a community of other people. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's people that they don't know and may never meet. Right. There there's community and healing. And I'm just so grateful for you and thankful that you're sharing stories like this. Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you. And I appreciate that you exist and we have such a beautiful community, truly, you know, especially here in Texas. I love mm. that we have such a beautiful community that really wants every single one of them to heal. Everybody that comes into those offices, everybody really cares about them deeply and we want nothing but to serve them. And that yeah. is the best gift that we all can have. And I love that, you know, I have you and so many other practitioners that I can send patients to and they get all these amazing results. And then now together we can help people so much better because alone we can never do these things. And I love that we have the community to be able to do this together. I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you so much, Dr. Ingram, for being here. And that's Dr. Ingram, Tony Ingram from Flourish Dental Boutique in Richardson. I really, really, really loved having you and just picking your brain on all of the things so that we could share all these things. Again, you know, as we were talking about earlier, so many times, so many things get missed out. So if we have all of this in one place, I hope that this can help educate and empower people to be able to take better care of their not only oral health, but also their entire body's health. And so thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate you spending the time to listen to this because I know you have things to do and places to be, but you chose to listen to us. I appreciate you for joining us this time and I hope to see you next time. Thank you.